the guy wants something that you're not. He wants, he wants, he wants. That's human nature. We want, we want. All he wants is to be fulfilled. He wants you to be his dream girl. I've got two words for you. Break up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining and listening wherever you're coming from, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. If you found me through TikTok, thank you for being here. I answer your questions, and we've done this many, many weeks in a row. You email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Ask me anything about any subject. We'll walk through it. I don't have notes. I don't have anything in front of me besides just my friendship with you. That's what it's going to feel like. Like we're sitting in the cab of a truck and we're having a conversation in long form. And let's get right to it. First question, subject line says, still living with an ex. Hey, Granger, I'd like to remain anonymous. I'm recently new to your podcast. I just found it. All I want is tough love. Currently living with someone who I guess is kind of an ex or something like that. I've never dated him and I've never had the title girlfriend ever. We have lived together for five years now. We do everything together that a couple would, literally everything, from talking about marriage to breakfast weekly. Recently, about a week ago, I found out he's seeing someone else. He tells me they aren't anything. I have no idea what to think about this because I'm not his girlfriend and I don't, I don't have the right to know, but I feel like I have some right because of certain things. He tells me they aren't dating, but he's hiding things. This girl is writing him love notes and everything. All I want from him, I guess, is honesty, but I don't know how to get that. I'm just really having a really hard time dealing. How do I start healing? How do I not care? This is starting to interfere with my day-to-day things. It's literally hurting my heart and killing me. It'd be great if you can give me your input. Thank you, Anonymous. Thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. And uh, you say here you're from Ohio, so shout out to Ohio. Uh, Yeah, tough love. That's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. I'm going to walk through this a couple different ways. First of all, I'm going to say this. You say, I have no right because of certain, because we aren't dating. Where did you say that? Yeah, I have no right to know anything because I'm not his girlfriend. Yes, you absolutely do. You have, you have all kinds of rights. You've been, this is, first of all, a very close friend. You've talked about marriage with, you've been dating, or excuse me, living with for five years. That is essentially dating. You, of course you have a right to know. This guy is taking advantage of you. So here's their tough love. This guy is using you. He's getting benefits. Obviously, you didn't say it, but that's what you're implying. He is getting benefits from you as a roommate. You have breakfast. You talk about possible marriage. That is dating. You just haven't defined it in that way. But in every other sense of the word, this is your boyfriend. And he is using you by not saying that you're his girlfriend. Yeah, great for him, right? Lucky guy. He gets to just play the whole world and he gets everything he needs. He's playing house with you. He gets you. He gets a breakfast with you. He gets to talk about a future and he gets to have another girlfriend. How does this other girlfriend put up with you? That's my first question, right? Like, how does she date him knowing he's living with you? And y'all have talked about marriage and you have sexual benefits going on. You know that's true. That's what you're implying. So here's my advice to you. Two words. Move out. 
pack your stuff and move out as soon as you hear this podcast. As soon as you hear this podcast, you start packing your stuff and he goes, wait, wait, what are you doing? And go, I'm so sorry. I can't. I don't think it's right to live with you in this way and to play house and you're dating somebody. No, I'm not dating anybody. Whatever. She's writing you love letters. I don't think it's right. That's all you got to tell them. Hey, it has nothing to do with our friendship. I still want to be friends with you, but I cannot live in this house with you. Where are you going? You're going to go crash at a friend's house on the couch. Find another friend, a girl this time and go crash on her couch until you get your feet underneath you and you do something. But right now, I'm talking right now, get out of this house. It's not right. He's using you. Oh, but he's a sweet guy and he doesn't... No. Sweet guys could use girls. That's what he's doing. He's just doing it in a nice way. And he's so sweet about it. And he's lying to you out of the same mouth. Move out. There is no other piece of advice you can listen to right now. Move out. I would tell you the same thing if you were dating him. If you're dating him for five years, I'd say, what are you doing? You're dating for five years, living together. He's getting all the benefits of a wife with no ring. He gets to go and talk to other girls. No, leave, okay? Love you. Leave. Next question, subject line says, single mom dating, not sure if it's right. Hey, Granger, my name is Lydia, and I'm 23 years old. I'm a single mom and dating. I've been dating my boyfriend for almost two years. It just seems like he's completely uninterested in being a father. Whenever I ask him about his feelings towards my three-year-old daughter, he always says, I'll be there for her. I know that I want a man who is emotionally involved in my daughter's life since her biological father isn't there in any shape or form at all. My boyfriend and I have been having discussions over trying to work on things, but nothing ever seems to change. And I become upset when it doesn't. I'm scared to leave, even though I feel like it's the right thing to do. Love you and your family. P.S. You were my first concert ever at Southampton County Fair, Virginia, 2017. Thank you, Lydia. Lydia. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for going to the concert in Southampton. Here's my advice to you. Move out. Move out. You didn't say you're living with him. I'm just guessing that you are. I'm pretty sure you are. Move out. First of all, look at it this way. You're a single mom. You're looking for a father figure for your daughter. You're looking for a husband why are you still dating after two years? Like, what's taking so long? The guy doesn't want to be around. He would tell you that by now. He would have told you. He would have grabbed you and said, I want to be here for you and your daughter. I love you. And if you love a single mom, you also love the child. It's a package deal. I love you and your daughter. It's a package deal. It doesn't go any other way with single moms. You don't get to love the single mom, but not the child. Because then you don't really love the mom because the child is a part of her. She came from her. Biologically, she's a part of her. You got to love both. He doesn't. Or he would have told you. And why have you dated this long? Move out. Move out. You could do this. You could do this as a single mom. You could be a single mom and raise a baby with no father. You can do it. 
Of course, it's not ideal. Of course, you want to find somebody, but not just to fill the gap and check a box. You want to find somebody that loves you and loves your daughter and pours into you and supports you and is there for you for the rest of his life. That's what you want. Anything less, it's better to be single. Anything less than what I said, it's just better for you to be single than have that alternative. No check boxes, no fill in the space. Here is a makeshift husband, a makeshift father for my daughter. I guess it'll do. My daughter needs somebody. I guess he's a male. I guess he'll do. No, it's better to be single than to find someone that's not totally right. He's just there filling a space. Don't do it. Move out. That's two in a row. See if we can get a third one in a row. Hey, Granger, my name is Brian. I already don't have it. My name is Brian. I'm 15 from New York. I'm in high school. I just started football this year and for the first time. But my dad is trying to talk me out of it, and I don't know what to do. By the way, I love the Smiths, love your music, love the podcast. Brian, thanks for the question, buddy. 15 years old, New York, in high school, just started football, and your dad is trying to talk you out of it. Okay, Brian, there's this thing, man, that we have to understand as a 15-year-old, which I once was. I remember it like yesterday. There's a thing we have to remember. Your dad is the authority of you until you're 18. That's a rough, that's a rough age, but I'm just going to say 18, age of reckoning. While you're still under his roof, he's still paying your bills. He's still taking care of you and guiding you and leading you, not perfectly. No father is perfect. All fathers make mistakes because they're from this earth and everybody on this earth is imperfect. So he's going to make mistakes. But while you're living under his roof, you got to consider and honor him. Okay? So he doesn't want you to play football. And so instead of saying, no, dad, I'm going to play anyway. I'm going to ask Granger what he thinks. I'm probably going to give you the answer you don't want to hear. You got to honor your father. But that doesn't mean you don't have to communicate with him and sit him down and explain to him why you love the game, why you want to play. Give him your best argument. Say, Dad, how about this? How about you give me one season? Give me one season. If you don't like it, if, if something goes wrong, my grades go bad, or I get, out, I get into the wrong crowd of friends, or I have too much time at practice and not enough time at home, or I get injured, any of those things happen, You pull me out and I'll make a deal. I will not ask you my junior year or my sophomore year to play football. I won't ask you again. Just give me one year, dad. I really love this sport. How can we compromise this? Put that on him. Make him make the decision that way instead of just making the decision blindly and maybe not knowing totally the research that you've put into it. Tell him you're passionate about it. But here's the deal, Brian. If he says no means no, you got to honor his wishes because he's your dad. And you don't understand that until you're a dad one day. And when you tell your 15-year-old son or daughter, God willing, you have them, you tell them something for a reason that they can't understand. You just need them to follow it. And you need them to honor you because you've lived longer than they have. And your dad has lived longer than you. He's walked on this earth longer. He's seen things you haven't seen. And you might not understand it. And you might look at TV and go, those guys play football. You might look at your friends and say, their parents let them. Find a compromise. It's time to be a man. It's 15. 
with a manly conversation. This is how becoming a man begins with manly wisdom and manly conversations. Eye contact, sitting down, not distracted on the phone. Dad, I want to talk to you. I need to talk to you, Dad. Come here. And you get him on the couch and you look him in the eye and you say, Dad, I really want to play football. And before you say anything, I just want you to understand that I I would love to make some kind of compromise with you because I love the game or I want to be in with my friends or this is something I've always dreamed about. Can you tell me your concerns, Dad? Could, Could you allow me to rebuke some of those concerns? But Dad, you're the boss of this house and if you say no, I'll follow your rules. I just want to give you my best pitch on why I think I should play. Brian, you got to do that and then you got to stick with your word. That's my answer. Next question, subject line says, growing closer to God. Hey, Granger, my name is Alex. I'm 20 years old from Georgia, currently in college and recently single after my girlfriend of three years broke up with me. I believe in God and I've been chasing after him to grow my relationship with him. And she just said that I've changed and that's why she broke up with me. I found an amazing community and surrounded myself with some great friends that helped grow my relationship with Christ. My question is, what tips would you have for me to keep setting my eyes on God and not worry about the things of this world, but to focus on the things of heaven? I love listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for everything. Alex, Alex, thank you for the email, buddy. I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for listening. 20 years old. Shout out to Georgia. And... I want to, if I was with you, I would ask you this question. If we were face to face, I would say, Alex, are you trying to get closer to God because your girlfriend broke up with you and you want her back? Maybe. I can't, I can't totally read that from your email, but maybe. And so that's some, the first question you have to answer. Am I trying to get close to God for another reason? that I can get something out of this. Like, what's the benefit for me if I get closer to God, I get the girl. That's the wrong way to do it. There's other ways to get the girl. And I would tell you, it is completely irrelevant to getting closer to God. So now we dig in to the original question. My question is, what tips would you have for me to keep setting my eyes on God and not worry about the things of this world, but to focus on the things of heaven? And then I want to back up in your email when you said, I believe in God and I've been chasing after him to grow my relationship with him. First of all, believing in God, let me tell you who else believes in God. Satan. Demons. Believe in God. There's a difference, right? Can I clarify that anymore? Believing in God is the same thing that Satan does. Of course he believes in God. So do demons. So there's more to it. We're looking for a relationship with him, a personal relationship with Jesus. And that comes with surrender. Surrender means, God, I can't. I can't do this by myself. I need your help. I need you to indwell in me, Spirit, to come inside of me and give me a new heart, a new nature, because I can't do it by myself. Everything you said in your email, Alex, everything you said, 
You want to get, you're chasing after God. You want to work to get closer to God. You want to grow your relationship with Christ. You want tips on keep to how to keep setting your eyes on God. All of those things are good things, but they happen after you have a new nature, a new heart, after the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you so richly that that's the only thing that comes out. And how do you know it's coming out? Because of the fruits of your life. You'll see the fruits. You don't see the fruits yet. Not, that's not a judgment. I was once where you are. Absolutely. And I still am a wretched sinner. You have to understand that. But we, when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, we don't want to sin anymore. We want to be better. We want to get closer. We want to set our eyes on God. So those are, those are the results of the first transformation. The first transformation happens when you go, God, I can't do it. And that's what the whole entire Old Testament is about. Humans that can't do it. Humans that can't get closer to God. They can't keep their eyes set on God. So God sends his only son to earth, a perfect man that lived a perfect life, that fulfilled the law that we couldn't fulfill. We couldn't do it. Not because it was bad. It was perfect. God made it. It was perfect. The law was perfect. But we couldn't do it. So God sent his son to be our savior, to fulfill the law, to finish it perfectly. And those of us that believe in him and his finished work, he would then become a substitute for us and our faulty ways, and every way that we miss fulfilling the law, he would become a substitute for us so that when God looks at us, he sees Christ in us. Meaning he looks at us and sees perfection. We're perfect. Because he's living in us, we find our worth through him, not through ourselves. You can't do it. Alex, you can't do it. So that's the first step. The first step is God. I am my biggest problem. The solution is not in me. Like the world wants you to tell you that the solution's inside of you. Manifest it out. You could change the world from inside and the problem is outside and you manifest and you have the power of change and then you, you manifest it out and you fix the world. But the actual problem is in you. The Bible says the opposite of what the world says. The Bible says the problem is in us and the solution is outside. So we go, God, the problem's in me. So change me. Give me a new heart, a new nature to be more like you. Come into me and live in me. Teach me. Show me. Love me. Discipline me. Change me. I need to be new again. That's what you have to say. That's the way. That's the path. It's the only way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life no one comes to the Father but through me. Okay? So you need him in you. Put up your hands and surrender. We'll take a break. Be right back.
Podcast is brought to you all today by Movement, that's M-V-M-T, in a tiny apartment in Southern California. Two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company that broke all the rules. With fair prices, unexpected colors, and clean original designs, Movement, M-V-M-T, grew into one of the fastest growing watch brands, shipping to over 160 countries across the globe. Now, Movement has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from the screens, minimalist jewelry, and more essential styles that don't break the bank, all designed right out of their California headquarters. I like to wear the field watches. They're kind of minimalist, and they look like the old Vietnam watches. They're really awesome. And I've been wearing a lot of the blue light glasses when I'm working on the podcast or after midnight, looking at a lot of screens, doing music editing, and they're helping me out a lot. Movement watches have the look and quality of a $400 to $500 watch that you're paying for at the department store, but at a fraction of the cost because they're built by one company in one place. You get a beautiful watch shipped right to your door for free. Hey, if you don't love it, you can ship it right back for free. If you want to elevate your look with styles that doesn't break the bank, then join the movement and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash Granger. Again, that's mvmt.com slash Granger. All right, let's get back to the question. Subject line on this next one says, when is the right time? Hey, Granger, my name is William. I'm 27 from Sulphur Springs, Texas. I'm in a relationship with a girl that I've known for almost eight years now. We've dated a couple times in the past, but the timing was never really right. We've been together for three months this time. We've both made comments about not wanting to be with anybody else and wanting to be married. I know if I ask her to marry me, she'll say yes. Should I wait until we are further into the relationship or go ahead and do it? Thanks. Love your music. Love your podcast. Question comes from William in Sulphur Springs. Shout out to my home state of Texas. 27, dating this girl, known for eight years. You know her pretty well. Been together now for three months. That's not a long time. That's not a problem. It's just not a long, a long, not a long time, okay? So my question to you is very simple. Do you love Jesus? William, do you love Jesus? If your answer is yes, Is he more valuable than anything else to you in your life? If the answer is yes, then absolutely marry this girl. Does she feel the same? Marry her. Ask her. If you don't, if the answer is, I don't know, I don't think so, maybe not, not really sure, if it's any of those, you better wait. Because because if you follow the biblical command of marriage, then you will not end up in divorce. Just saying, have you ever thought about that? Like if if we follow the biblical example of marriage and love, if we follow that to a T of what love is, it's selfless. If we follow what marriage is, the covenant, the holy covenant of marriage, if we follow that example, there is no divorce. It's impossible. Divorce always happens when something gets broken in that. Somebody didn't follow something in that. You missed the mark somewhere, ending in divorce. So if you're on your own, you don't love Jesus, you're not sure, that's kind of weird, don't tell me that, Granger, then buddy, you're on your own. Your guess is as good as mine. I would say it's a crapshoot. I can't tell you, I don't know you, I don't know the girl. It sounds good on paper. 
She might be, anybody can fool anybody for a year. She's putting on her best show. She's selling herself to you. You are selling yourself to her. So at this point, you're no better than a used car salesman. That's me. That's anyone in a relationship at the beginning. You're no better than a used car salesman showing the best car, showing all the perfect angles in the pictures. You're you're not showing that this car was in a wreck before. You're saying how good the gas mileage is. You're giving the best example. But as soon as you drive off the lot, uh, now this car's been in a couple of wrecks. It gets really bad gas mileage. The alignment's all funky. It's got some weird dents in the back. You don't not sure if it hit a deer or something. It's got a smoke smell in it, like someone was a smoker that had it before. The truth comes out. So just keep in mind, you're selling a car right now, and she's selling you her car. That's the best way to put it. So as soon as you could figure that out, what's the real car like? Now you've known her for eight years. You might have an idea, but three months is still, that's still, you're in, you're on the used car lot here in three months. Now it's different. If you love Jesus, all your heart, he's, he's number one in your life. He's number one in her life. Three months, that's nothing. People used to get set up on uh, arranged marriages all the time and it worked fine. Just saying. That's very simple advice, but there it is. Let's move on to the next question. This says, uh, this comes from Jared. And it says, my name is Jared. I'm from Maine. Just recently turned 25. I've always had the hardest time having confidence in myself, whether it's with girls, trying to be healthy, or with my faith. Also, since I've turned 25, I've realized I don't know what kind of man I'm supposed to be. This is an ongoing struggle in my life, and I'm tired of being this way. Much love for your podcast music and words of wisdom. Sincerely, Jared. Jared, okay, you kind of lead me down a path here, brother. Thank you for the email. And uh, you're a quarter of a century old. Man, you're getting old. Just kidding. You're not old. You're super young. But you kind of led me down a path with one word, and so I'm going to go there. And my longtime listeners know I'm about to go here, but you said a word, faith. You said, I'm having, I'm struggling with girls, staying healthy, and faith. So let's just go to that word. Let's forget about girls and staying healthy for a second. Let's talk about your faith. Because if you want your true identity, you're not going to find it. I can give you the secret of life here. Isn't that crazy how many people have talked about the secret of life? I can give it to you. The secret of life is you find your identity through Christ, and you will not find it on this earth. He is our Savior, and one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Whether you believe it now or not, every single knee will bow and every tongue on earth will confess that He is Lord. He's our Creator. He made you. Who better to tell you who you are and how to be a man than your Maker? How better would you know if your car was sounding funny or acting funny and you didn't totally know what was wrong with your car? Who better to talk to than the automaker that made your car? Because they built it with their hands. They know every single nut and bolt and screw and piece of metal that went into making that car. That's God. He knows you better than you do because he created you. So if you want to know who you are, 
If you want to know how to be a man, if you want to know what your purpose is, if you want to know who your future wife is, if you want to know how to stay healthy, you go to your maker. And you get on your knees and you go, God, you made me. I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. I'm trying to try, try, tired of going to philosophy and counseling and, uh, and all these people that try to tell me on social media what it is to be a man or what it is to have a purpose or what happiness is in life. I'm tired of that because everyone's giving a conflicted message and people have written about it for thousands of years, but no one has a consensus and no one has figured it out except the Bible. The Bible will give you a perfect example. It's our instruction manual. Now, I'm not saying you have to go right to it and open it up to Genesis 1. You might not understand it. You probably won't. But you could open up John 1. Start at John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Start there and slowly go forward. And you're going to read the story of your life and your purpose clearly written. And when you start aligning yourself with that purpose, everything starts to make sense. You go, ah, that's why I'm here. And you start acting upon it. You start walking in that purpose and you go, this, finally, I feel peace. Finally, I have hope for my future. Finally, I know who I am. I finally know my identity. And I searched for so long I couldn't find it. And now I know. And I don't have to email a podcast and ask. I don't have to go to counseling or therapy or go to podcasts and go to all these self-help speakers and look at their social media and, and see these conflicting messages that doesn't totally make sense. Like, I find my identity through Christ. If that doesn't make sense to you, I understand. The gospel is foolish for those that are perishing. I once was that. Until you dive in and you surrender. I said this earlier in the podcast. God, I can't do this. I can't figure it out. I'm having trouble in every piece of my life, whether it's relationships or health or social or making friends or struggling with my faith. I'm trying to figure out all this stuff like a big puzzle and I don't even know where the first piece of it is. And God goes, yeah, surrender. I will show you. There is no better advice for this question than what I just gave you. And it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from my own brain or my own heart. I didn't make it up. I'm following in the footsteps of many in the faith that have found it right here in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm on a roll with that today, guys. Next question has no subject. It says, so I dated this girl for two years and I truly thought she was the one, but we broke up. Now she has a new boyfriend shortly after, but I've tried dating and I can never get it to work with anybody else. I'm basically lost, question mark. I'm basically lost. Um, this question comes from Zach with no subject and I don't know where you're from, Zach, but thank you for emailing, brother. I'm sorry for your loss and your heartbreak. This girl, you dated for two years. You thought she was the one. Now she has somebody new. I'll say this as lightly as I can. Zach, 
This is the story of heartbreak. You are not alone. You follow in the footsteps of millions and billions of others that have felt just this, including me, including most people that have listened. This is heartbreak. I know it hurts. I know it's tough. But that's what you're experiencing. As soon as you recognize that's what you're experiencing, oh, this is heartbreak. This is that aching feeling. This is why I can't sleep and I can't eat and my knees are weak and I don't know what to do and I feel desperate and all I could do is stalk her on Facebook. It's heartbreak. Recognize that you have a sickness. So once you recognize the sickness, it's kind of like, okay, look, let's use COVID as an example. We all know it's fresh on our minds. Imagine if you started losing your taste and you, were, you had a fever and you lost your sense of smell and you were achy and tired and you had a sore throat and a cough. Imagine if you didn't know anything about COVID or any other sickness and you're going, something's wrong with me. My throat hurts and I've lost, it's so weird. I lost my, tens, my sense of taste and smell and, and I feel tired all the time. And I don't know. What should I do? And then someone goes, oh, you have COVID. It's going to go away in about a week. And you go, oh, what, what do I have to do to do that? And it's like, no, just be still. Just wait it out. Get some rest. Wait it out. And then I'm good? Yeah, yeah, then, then you're totally good. Oh. So realizing the moment you realize you have COVID, there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of anxiety that just goes away when you know you have COVID. Oh, that's what this is. Or strep throat or a broken arm. Put anything in that, that box. Heartbreak. You have heartbreak, Zach. Oh, I've got heartbreak. That's why I feel crazy right now. I feel like a stalker because I can't sleep at night and I get up and I open up Facebook and I look at her and I realize she has a boyfriend and I can't stop looking at their pictures and I'm trying to figure out if they're more happy than she was happy with me. You got heartbreak. Oh, that's a sickness. What do I do? Wait. Unlike COVID, it's not going to take you just a few days to get over. It's going to take you months. Some people that email this podcast, it takes them eight, nine, 10, 11 months. Some people, a few weeks. Everybody's different. Usually, the, the length of heartbreak that you're going to have relates to how much you loved. So if you loved a lot, she was the one. She was the one you're going to spend the rest of your life with. All you thought about was her. You're crazy about her. Over the moon. Oh, that's going to be a longer process of heartbreak. She was pretty new. You kind of dug her. You, this was good. You're good friends with her. She cut it off. Wasn't that big a deal? Now we're talking a few weeks. So, hey, if you're truly hurting really bad, that means you loved her a lot. That means you have a high capacity of love. That's pretty cool. It means you're a passionate person. It means you're going to give that to someone else and you will find someone else. Thousands of people listen to this podcast and have gone through this and then found somebody else. Now you learn a little bit. Every time you go through a relationship and it doesn't work, which relationships fail 100% of the time until you find the one you marry. And then some people still fail that. I understand that. But you get my point. So that means that you learn a little bit from every failed relationship and you take a little bit of that pain with you to the next one in a good way because you learn from it. It's like, oh, I, 
I had messed up here and I did this and I shouldn't have said this and I should have said this. I should have done this more. And so you take a little bit of that into the next relationship and then the new girl benefits from it because she's like, wow, this guy's great. He's considerate. He remembers things. He tells me how he feels. And you're thinking, yeah, I learned all that because I failed so many times with other girls. So the new one benefits from it. That doesn't make this heartbreak easier, buddy. I'm so sorry you're going through it. But the recipe, wait, wait. You'll get, you'll get better. Next question says, podcast advice, please. Hey, Granger, I'd like to remain anonymous if you could. I'm looking for some advice. I'm a young 27-year-old professional horse trainer. I love my job. It's all I've ever dreamed of being since I was a little girl. And I'm sure you know, being the, in the horse industry is my lifestyle. And it's, just, it's not just a nine to five. My first problem is I've been dating my boyfriend for almost five years now, and he doesn't understand this lifestyle at all. It constantly makes me feel like chasing my dreams is a bad thing, and he should be the most important thing in my life. And he has more than once asked me to try to find a different job and career that's not so demanding. I'm just not willing to do that. My second problem is I think he's ready for marriage and I'm not. He wants a wife to stay at home and be a mom. And that's not just, that's just not me. He's kind of right. My lifestyle is demanding and it is a lot for someone to take in that's not a part of this industry. So I understand where he's coming from, but that does that doesn't make it doesn't make me a bad partner for not being willing to give up my dreams and career to make him happy. Or am I just not in the right relationship? Thanks so much. Love your music and your podcast. Okay. Yeah. Anonymous. I've got, um, I've got two words for you. Break up. (laughs) This is the, this is the episode of the two words, except this one, this one isn't move out unless you're living with them. I hope you're not living with them. That makes it more difficult and more complicated. If that's the case, move out. But if that's not the case, break up. Those are the two words for you. Anonymous breakup, period. Don't fight for this. The guy, want, the guy wants something that you're not. He wants, he wants, he wants. That's human nature. We want, we want. All he wants is to be fulfilled. He wants you to be his dream girl. And you might look like her and you might talk like her sometimes, but you're not. And that's why he's trying to mold you into something that you're not. He's trying to put this square peg in a round hole and you're not that peg, okay? You're not his dream girl. You're not going to be. He's not going to learn to love horse training. He's not going to learn to accept that you're a horse trainer and that's your biggest passion. Now, you might one day decide to be a mom. And you might one day, once you're a mom and you see how beautiful those babies are, you might want to stay home with them. But that's irrelevant. Because you don't want that right now, and he wants you to be that right now, and he wants to get married right now, and you don't want any of that. Break up. This is not going to get any better. You're not going to convince him, and, and you can't just be comfortable because you're in a relationship, and it's like, well, I love horse training, and I don't want, I don't want any of the things that he wants from me. Maybe we, we both like Italian food, and we like the same kind of movies, but I don't really want to break up because... Then I'm single and then dating's a mess and I don't really want to get into the dating world and that's rough. And so I'd rather just be in a relationship that's not that good than to go back to that icky dating world. I don't want that. Don't think like that. It's better to be single and confident 
than to be in some relationship that you're trying to be someone that you're not. He's trying to make you into something you're not. You're not going to be that girl. Not for him. He's going to find her. He probably will. He'll find the exact girl for him. The girl that loves him more than any career and stays at home and raises his babies. And that's not a bad thing that he wants that, you see. It's just not you. You're going to need a guy that goes, hey, I got a career. I'm pretty busy. You're pretty busy. I'll meet you in the middle. And this is going to be fun. I'm an independent guy. You're an independent girl. I don't, I'm not needy. I don't need you to worship me in any way. So go do the horse thing. I'll go do my job thing. I'll meet you here tonight. We'll catch a movie together. You'll find that. That's just different personalities out there. You'll find that kind of guy. But this one isn't him. And you're not her for him either. Break up. Break up. It'll hurt at first. You'll, be, you'll get scared being single. Oh, it's a big world out there. You'll be okay. Just like I told the last guy. Just wait. It'll pass. You'll be happy. You'll find somebody. That's all today. Love you guys. See you next Monday. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.